Oh, it's new. <laughs> Bridging the gap. I think we sound different. Uh-huh. Episode 19. Shout out to Envision Music. That energy so different. You hear that? Yeah. That new music, new voice. Go ahead and just whisper to the people, OG. We sound different. Talk to them. Put your Teddy P on or something. Come on, man. Teddy P. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if that's a comfort. Get closer man. to the mic, man. I mean, how close you want to be? There we go. Yeah, I feel uncomfortable when I'm this close. We need that. Because you got, okay, they got to hear you. you right, let me slide up. There you go. You sound like uh, PD Green. <laughs> no, what's up, man? Bridging the Gap podcast, live from Dubai. You know, we're here. Um, episode 19, you guys know what the game is. Tell the two generations. I'm here with my OG, JK, Jupac, you know, a, num- a numerous amount of other aliases, but we won't get into those. You know how sensitive he gets with that stuff. But we're live from Dubai, United Arab Emirates. We're here in the stew now. We hear new energy. We're getting here. Uh, we love the fact that we're growing and y'all can see it moving. Uh, we're here building our brand, as you guys know. We won't give you the whole big spill because we got something special for you today. But as you know, Hoop Mountain Dubai, that's us. You can find us, Hoop Mountain DXB on Instagram, hoopmountain.ae, building the culture, showing the world what the culture is around basketball. OG, what's the game, yo? What's happening? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm being sitting here in the presence of royalty, you know? Uh, oh, man. They, Not only they can't even see it yet. Yo, E is already tricking it. You see what he did back there? Yeah. I, Let, I was going to wait until he got into this, right? You guys know how we, we deal with Ethan. Ethan is our guy. You guys see the dope visuals we got? <laughs> you know, he's one of the dopest in the game right now. But, man, you heard that loud bang on the floor because Ethan dropped his phone. I don't know why he knows no phones doing the podcast. He he can't get right. <laughs> can't get can't, right. Can't get right. That's R- just, radio. We were already waiting on some to talk about some other things he didn't do last time, but right. he, he didn't give us a chance to get started. It is what it is, man. We got to get there with the guy, right? That's that's cool. That's our guy though, so we you know we can't be too upset. But um, how how we feeling, OG? We feeling good? I got there's a lot of energy in here. Hey, look. I'm feeling real good. Look, look where we are. Right. Look, look, look where we've come. Yeah. We're, we're on the rise. You and you got saying? space, right? Space. You got space. You got space. And look. out of my apartment. Yeah. And just look, just let you know, OG, you can change, you can fix your thing if you want to and raise it up. Right. Hit, hit it on the side right there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. This bridging the gap, you know, 20 year age difference. Sometimes you got to help your OGs out when they trying to figure out the tech and everything else. We there, right? We there. Yeah. But without further ado, right? I don't know if y'all can see it now or not. We'll, you know, we gotta look at the video later. But <laughs> we're here um, with the city that we're from. I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. We got the goat from my city. You know, she may not call herself the goat, but she fits the description. It is what it is. Um, we got. WNBA seat 10 year vet. I'm calling it before it gets there. It's like eight years now, but we're we gonna speak it into existence. You know, she's a pro, 
She's the best basketball player, woman or man to come out of our city in Alexandria. Um, UNC Tar Heel. You see the colors. You got y'all know I'm a you know I'm a Tar Heel guy too. Just a just a legend in his own right, and through the grace of God, because we that's the only way we can explain it. She's here in Dubai with uh, playing professionally for the second time this year. We yeah, this is the second time she was here in the December, all of January, and came back for a second stint after winning a chip. Got one under my belt. Got one. <laughs> Tierra from Pratt, ladies and gentlemen. Where we at with it? I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. Here we go. That's a round of applause for everybody here. Good, good. TP, TRP, what's up? What up, what up, man? Man, how we just happy to get it going. Man. <laughs> we just happy to get it going. Yeah. How you feeling? I'm cool, man. Happy to be here. Um, enjoying my time here in this beautiful city of Dubai. Uh, it's nothing, nothing better. Uh, out of all the places I've been overseas, this one is by far, by far the best, best place I've been for sure. Yeah. Mm. Let me start by apologizing because <laughs> I, I already know OG going to say something in a minute anyway, but let me start by apologizing. Originally, we had Tierra here during her first stint when we were in the old studio. I didn't see. It was just audio and we were recording an episode with her. It might have been episode 13. And, you know, some things happened. I failed. I tricked it, though. The SD card was full, and we had recorded two hours and some change. And it cool. didn't, you know, it didn't fare well. We we missed out on probably what was then our greatest episode. But. Hmm. That's being very generous. Yeah. That definitely was our <laughs> best episode. Our longest episode. Our most entertaining episode. And you tricked it up. You tricked it up. I accept it. I, you know what I'm saying? Ethan, I accept it. Just remember that. The master himself messed up. Hold on. Uh, I'm not the master yet. I'm just, you know, rolling with the punches. I've had to learn as we go, right? I tricked that I tricked that up because we, we had too much memory left on the card. Oh, I, I guess I'm going by how you give orders all the time. Yeah. You are the master. You know, I, I know you're kind of like the lead guy and all this stuff, but just the way you talk. We got to change that master. We... We can't use those terms. I, yeah, I know yeah, what I'm we, saying, you, but you know what I meant. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got to okay, be in terms of that. You're the master, you're the teacher. Uh, you're the Huh? We got to keep that down, man. We can't use those words. I am not saying that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Django. No, that's funny. That was, that was actually funny. That was cash in the bank. Let me see if I got a little laughter in here or something. <laughs> there you go. You got a funny joke. <laughs> All right, but no, nah, T TRP is here playing. Um, we actually had one thing we did get right when T was here the first time is we got to introduce Tierra to one of our bright young hoop stars. Yeah. Um, the one thing that you guys hear us talk about all the time is that we want to create a basketball atmosphere, a culture of some sort. And through that, we had to kind of, you know, let the kids know that what they want is possible. They just have to be able to see it visually. So we like to give projects and we gave a project to one of our young hoop stars and she went above and beyond. And she went above and beyond without knowing that Tierra would ever be here. Right. right? And she didn't know Tierra was on, um, was a part of the same high school I was in. I gave her a random project just to go look at the sparks and she came back with three names that she looked at and just so happened it had, be, had become Tierra Pratt. 
And I was like, hmm, interesting. And I said, go look into that. And then she came back to me and Coach with a, a tribute video that was like four minutes long. Um, you guys can see it on our Instagram page if you go for Hoop Mountain DXB. But Coach, talk about how you felt when you saw that video. Um, you know, it it literally brought tears to my eyes because it, it portrayed um, Tierra not only as a, a great basketball player, but a great person. And we talked about the community service and her activism and things like that, that other people wouldn't get a chance to know because they would just see her as a basketball player. But, you know, it, the whole thing just shed a light on how um, Tierra and other basketball players alike are, are, you know, just like us, you know, except they use their platform to try to help others. Yes. That's T, right? Yeah. T, how, how was you, how were you feeling when that, you know, when I told you about it and then I was like, yo, you got to see it. Yeah. You just kept saying for like two days, like three days, like, you got to see, it. I can't wait to show you. So I'm like, what what he got up his sleeve? What I, I had no idea like what it could be. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, man, she really put some time and some some effort into it. I know for for me as a student of the game, I know I wouldn't have went that far mm -hmm. and beyond for for a project yeah. given to me. Um, but she did. She did a, did a lot of research um, and dug deep into not just my my basketball side, but also everything I do that outside of basketball with uh, my foundation and all the stuff going on back home, um, with like Black Lives Matter and the protest and all of that type of stuff. So um, I was amazed by it. Man. <laughs> mm. I just couldn't believe like how much detail went into it. Um, and it wasn't just like some simple she actually put together like a documentary style. Yeah, with the voiceover and <laughs> everything. Voiceover, yeah, it was crazy. And um, mind you, she like eleven. Yeah. If that, she like, did she, an amazing job. Yeah, she did an amazing job. She she almost had us like cry, like drop tears. Like she showed us. Matter of fact, she had done something else originally, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened was, I gave it was three young ladies. I gave all three of them a project. One didn't come back in time, but the other one had printed out a picture for uh, Seattle Storm. Mm -hmm. She had printed out a picture, and then on the back of the picture, she had some stuff. And the other young lady, she didn't really go that far and beyond, but she's competitive. Yeah. But she was like, and I was going to take a picture, and I was like, yo, this cool. she said, no, don't show anybody that. I was like, all right. She said, let me do something else. I said, okay, cool. So I was like, y'all ready to see? I thought it was going to be a poster board. She came with a full <laughs> video. And she showed us, like, after our Saturday morning workout, and I was like, man. And I think it hit so much because of what Coach and I preach about when we say that basketball for us is um, it's not just a sport, right? It's a community. It's a way of life you know, for a lot. It's a change agent for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. It's a coping mechanism for so many of us. Yeah. And then it's it just builds relationships and takes you different places. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, even if we talk about our relationship between the three of us, right, like – we all went to the same, we all in the same vicinity, may not have been the closest then and there, but because of that, like same passion for the game and kind of seeing those same values, we were able to just all instantly connect with stuff. Cause we didn't know T was coming to Dubai. <laughs> like T just like randomly sent something up. I actually thought you were just joking with me because I was still in the States when he told me you were here. I was like, come on man, T here in Dubai. Right. He was like, no, she's really there. I was like, what? And so that was just crazy that every we have a connection with TC and then we're here. Yeah. yeah. You know. Wow. But I got to get into a story. 
right? Because some people don't really, you know, we people give accolades, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to have this be like no interview <laughs> or nothing like that. But um, I was I was a year younger than Tierra. And um, we, during high school, we had won a state championship my sophomore year. And that was like the first time in like 30 years, a team from that area, let alone our school, had won one. So it was a pretty cool deal or whatever. You know, T-Ben killing varsity since she, like eighth grade, right? Like even before it was legal. So senior year, her senior year, my junior, um, and then we had two prominent seniors on our team as well. One was MVP of the state championship game two years before, right? A year before. Killer on their senior night. On senior night in America is when the seniors in college or high school, they get honored on the last home game because that's the last game you're guaranteed, right? So, you know, it's a big, everybody come out, show things. So it was a double header, right? The, the girls played before us, we played after. Um, you know, everybody's parents went out, did their thing. At the halftime of our game, <laughs> y'all listening to what I'm saying, and I promise you I'm not hyping, it's it's not cap. At halftime of our game, they retired Tierra's jersey. In high school, they retired her jersey at halftime after she just put up a 40 piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. Oh, man. King, what was... <laughs> I just sense a little haterade over. No, there. sir. No, T, don't, sir. Don't take it personal. That, that's how he normally is. So it's it's all right. Nah, man. Don't do that to me. Nah, listen. We all were sitting there. I was looking at them. I was like, y'all can't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say. Everybody was. Yes, yes. Look. <laughs> Fire. Fire. Nah, but. OG, you all right over there? I'm good, man. You sure? I'm good. You got a shirt with your name on it today. That's interesting. You did that on purpose, too. What? You ain't just randomly buy a LeBron shirt just because. You bought that because it said King. Actually, it was a gift. Oh, yeah? It was a gift. And then, so, you know, I picked up something that was clean. Now, you had you was rushing me, so I had to get here. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you're speaking to the mic, man. Dang. All right, look. We got a couple of topics for everybody today. But before we get in there, we're just going to loosen it up. Because as y'all can see, OG, he Oscar the Grouch tonight. You know what I'm saying? So, we're going to get him. We're going to get him right. Um, I got, you know, this or that. We played it last time, you know, we missed out, but I, I, I revamped it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I got some stuff for you as well, big dog, but, um, all, it's real simple. I'm just going to give everybody an option. They choose this or they choose that. It's going to be a little bit of music, some movies and some basketball stuff. Here we go. All right. You ready? All right. All right. First one, you know what I'm saying? Low down, dirty shame or... Major pain. Uh, yeah, I know I'm going. Yeah, look, I'm major pain. Look, I'm major me, pain all day. I'm, I, I I'm letting it. T go. I know where I met with it. I love major pain, but I got a different type relationship with low down dirty shame with my sister. So See, listen, with, with, with peaches in them. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm telling you, Shane. <laughs> Look, that's I'm with. I'm with him on that too. You know why? Because you you know my prep school experience. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I can. I feel you. On yeah. That. I look at because it, it was at the Miller School, and but that looked a lot like where I was at. I'm not even gonna say the name. Right. So Major Pain is definitely funny. It oh, was yeah. wild. It's, it's hilarious. Top notch. But it gave me. I'm, I'm traumatized. Oh, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, 
No, I did. Man, let's not let's not even go there. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. so we got we got King with with Major Pain, and we got Low Down Dirty Shame. Shout out to Jada Pinkett. Ooh. That peaches, that peaches, <laughs> ain't nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now we got Boomerang or Love Jones. Mm. Oh, I, I, but how are we judging Jones. these? It's two. just your personal it's, joints. All right, just it's your personal ones. I ain't no criteria. You do your thing. I'm I'm love going Boomerang. Love, I'm, love, love I mean. It's, it's tough. But I'm going boomerang. Why are you going boomerang? Man, I gotta stick with Eddie, man. Come on. Eddie, Eddie Halle yeah. Berry. Come on, man. Like, come on. It was star studded cast in there. And it was yeah. hilarious from beginning to end. It was. They said a lot of that was improv. Like when <laughs> like like when it. Pop when Pops dropped in with the mushroom suit. <laughs> <laughs> and, they ca- and they came out the bathroom after getting wild. They said a lot of that was improv. And <laughs> hey, you talk about early Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. David Allen Greer, Robin Givens, Earth the Listen to that yeah, cast. You just mentioned. I was like, Marcus. <laughs> you that voice? I was like, no, you got to run. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. And he got caught each time. What was that like, though? That was your era. Y'all caught that in the theaters? Yes, you know we did. You know we went to go see that. We so you know we had to go support for sure. And the plus, look look at the all star cast in there. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go? Did you have a relaxer like Eddie did? No, I ain't have that. <laughs> I ain't have that. I ain't have that. No, nah, Eddie got some crazy stuff off. I keep looking at Eddie Murphy now, Nutty Professor, and I be like, yo, how was he a sex symbol in the nineties? <laughs> yo, I just watched Nutty Professor. That movie had me rolling. Crazy. Crazy clump. He played all them, all them different people in a movie. Like not too many people can do it like genius. him. Genius, just he, genius, man. He crazy. Yeah, you got to be a little off the rock to be that. Like man, listen, man. If, if, if you can do a stand up in front of, I mean, we're talking to twenty, thirty thousand people, and it's being viewed around the world. And you can stand up for two or three hours in a tight leather suit on top of the bottom. A red joint, too. Listen, you, you can do anything. Listen. A red joint, too. Listen. That one is crazy. It's nasty. <laughs> All right. Soul Food, the movie, or Waiting to Exhale. Oof. See, last time I gave you a different one with that oh, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I threw a wrench out there. Soul Food. Oh, I didn't pick. I'm going with Boomerang. Even though I got a little Darius love all in me, I gotta go <laughs> with Boomerang. I gotta go. So you don't see me on the Get motorcycle with, with me on the back. <laughs> uh, come on, man. You know you ain't getting on the motorcycle. You're right. I need I need at least three wheels <laughs> and a door. <laughs> all right, so we, we got soul food away next up. Man. Dang. Mm, that's Dang, that's tough. Mm, look, T quiet. Mm. I'm going soul food. I'm, going, I, mm. I'm with you. I'm going soul food. I'm with you. Yeah. Mm. Just, food. just for the food alone. I'm just, yeah. you know, we in Dubai. Every, don't get us wrong. Everything here is perfect. Yeah. And there's we always time when you get Big Mama's cooking for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's a fact. You miss that after a while. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm going soul food too. That story was crazy. Yeah, the storyline, but it's like a real. Like, it's I've seen. Oh, it hit home for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody knows somebody that's living mm. like that, or you live like that. That's yeah, yeah, that hit home. And sure. that's no shouts to waiting to exhale because Mom Dukes or somebody watching and being like, "Boy, yeah. <laughs> I know, no, nah, I I know, right?" right. With sure. with Houston, Houston, like I, I listen, yeah. I understand that that thing with Angela Bassett, like that was real, right? All right, so we going. You know, five heartbeats or temptations. 
I'm let me stop. I'm five heartbeats hey, all day long. You know, Eddie I, King. I'm, I'm, I'm five. You know what's funny? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? If you guys have heard me before, you said I, I coaches a lot like Eddie King, right? What's funny is that yeah. I got a new intro for coach. I can see you, Ethan. I got I got a new intro for coach, guys. <laughs> listen close. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Nice like this. Don't co-sign that. I wish raindrops would fall. Oh, yes. Night like this. I wish raindrops would fall. That's coach. Like Come on, man. That's... I wish raindrops would fall. Ain't nothing with already came. That's portraying me in a different light. Oh, that's, that's far left, Yates. That ain't even cool, man. Hey, look, look, look. That's... He got a little of Eddie King in him. What y'all gonna be without Eddie? <laughs> man. Oh man, listen, man. I definitely failed you. <laughs> no, nah, okay. look, look. Duck, when they used to throw the little sad puppy line out there, you definitely was doing duck dirty. You definitely was gonna take duck, duck girl on the side, man. Five Heartbeats was definitely fire. The Temptations, what get me is that dream was long. It was so long. Yeah, it was long. Like that in the Michael Jackson movie. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, no, that Michael Jackson movie was too long. And look, look, you have a one on VH1 and it came up and it was two different versions. <laughs> it's that American Dream one. And then it's the other one. You're like, yo, what's going on? Uh, you yeah, go with five heartbeats. Yeah, got yeah. To. You got to stick it in with the five heartbeats, man. It's one of a kind. Mm -hmm. All right. The wood or poetic justice? You know, I'm sticking with Pac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Jew Pac in the flesh. You gotta go with it. I'm going with the wood. The wood I'm is like with the wood. that's 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 a movie that like I it hit home for me because my my guys are like that. Like we got a crew like that for sure. For yeah. sure. Can you slim for sure? You definitely <laughs> slept overseas. Come home <laughs> screaming up on everybody. You said, nah, I ain't getting, uh, yeah, nah, forget that. You throw them in my car? You throw them, <laughs> man. King used to get. I'm petty like that. For sure. You, you lucky Ethan can't get on camera yet. We ain't putting him on camera, but he'll vouch you. But give me a, give me an example. How, how was I that petty? What you mean? Yeah, tell I'm how? listening. Everybody's listening. Man, all right, where do we start? Well, first, right? Right. Somebody don't crack the window down too low or something like that. You're yelling at them. No, it's, we in Dubai. It's seven. It's what? Breeze is nice. You know what I'm saying? Sun out. We, nah, what, what you doing? Man, put the window up. You're making me sick. All right. Like, all right, cool. But was I driving at the time? Yeah, you driving. Yeah, so the driver needs to be comfortable, right? I'm all that matters when I'm driving. Right? See what I'm saying? That's what when you're look, driving. Look, look at the face. When you're when he's driving, I don't say anything. I, Ooh, I just are you sit crazy? There, boom. Just do my thing. Don't know about all right. Come on, man. Chaz. Don't, don't do that. Chaz, we're gonna check in soon, Chaz. We're gonna check in soon for sure. I promise you. Cause you got he's lying, man. Chaz won't show me nothing but love. I know, but we're gonna talk to him with you out when you're not in the room. Cause you you got you get a little loud, you know what I'm saying? Talk with your chest sometimes. You know, it's all good though. You lucky Ethan. I I can't put Ethan on camera yet. I ain't gonna do that for a while, but Ethan will come here. He, he got a list of things for sure. Yeah. Do you, Ethan? No, you scared. It's not hard, it's not hard to work don't, with me. Don't be scared, man. 
You tighten up over there. You can't be with us and be scared, man. He'll be all right. He old. He can't catch you. You know his back hurt. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> look, look, look. You're going to be all right, man. You're going to be all right. But all right. So we got we got the wood for me and T. Yep. Poetic justice for you. And I love poetic justice, too. Let's not get that twisted. But the wood just it's just a different vibe. And I think the dopest part, too, is at the end how Sanaa Lathan and Omar have still clicked. Mm-hmm. And that's a loving basketball mm-hmm. vibe, too. It's yep, just like Inglewood, yep. <laughs> right? It just makes sense. Connected. Yeah. All right. This is just for you, Pop. Dear Presidents of Minister Society. Oh, man. Yeah. Dead Press Minister. Dang. I'm going Minister Society. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Minister Society. I'm with you. Like, yeah. Well, ain't nothing like Kane rolling through with the like, Mustang with those Dayton's on it. Like, yeah, boy, like, it's just different. Just different. He said, you better order me a fat burger with cheese, too. He called me to drive through. I was like, man, the West Coast different. The West Coast is different. <laughs> different, different. It, you see palm trees and sunrises and everything, but listen. Yeah. You know, Go to the wrong part now. For sure. All right. I'm going, I'm going Minister Society too. Right, we got a basketball one here for us. White man can't jump or above the rim. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going above the rim. Yeah. I'm going above the rim. You know, like I'm I'm still salty at myself for missing that when we were talking about the top movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't come on. Pop. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs on that that soundtrack. So yeah. much pain. I I I gotta put that on there. You got a lot of shepherd in you too. You for sure is outside <laughs> playing with no ball. No. Not so you hear that, not so. Not so you hear that. There's a lot of giggling from our from our guest tonight. A lot of giggling. What you mean? I'm staying out of it. You know, yo, look. No parts of y'all. Everybody back home though, too. It's you probably peeped it at open gym in high school. I see, I've been knowing King for over a decade, right? I ain't seen him wear shorts or hooping shorts until he got to Dubai. Look, you see Shepard got to the to the finals. <laughs> Shepard got to the finals and was hooping in a corduroy khaki <laughs> with the long sleeve hitting me. It was like getting to it. King was giving us buckets in Good high bucket. school. And the uh and he had the ripple right joints with the snaps on the side. <laughs> I was like, I was pissed off too, man. I was pissed off. He was getting a post. But <laughs> oh man, y'all crazy. That was the way it was though. Look, I'm going, I'm going white man can't jump. I I love I mean I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was and when I found out that uh was is is Marcus Johnson yep. was in it. You remember the um when they lost that bet, when they won that bet at the court, one of the first ones. And they had the dude ain't had the money and he had to go rob the convenience store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was the NBA All-Star. That was the NBA vet, Marcus Johnson. Yep. What's the what's his name? Uh that Baldwin Hill show. Remember the Baldwin Hill show? Mm-hmm. And his yeah. son that was playing, like Mariah. Mariah. His dad. It's Marcus uh-huh. Johnson. That was him. I was like, yo, this is even more legendary <laughs> than I thought. You got Rosie Perez out there wilding on Jeopardy. Yeah. Rosie, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Rosie, I was like, it's getting to it, man. No, that was love. All right, let's jump in on this. Okay, get on the bus or school days. And this is for me. We're talking about bridging the gap. This is one of those way out there. Some of y'all ain't never seen, but, you know, get in, check in with those. School days. Yeah. I'm school school days. Days. Yeah. You, you know, school days personal because Sugar Bay in there. 
Yeah, that's how I picked it. Yeah, but you you can let everybody know who Sugar Bear is. Sugar Bear is legendary. Legendary. Um, Go-Go, Mike, Lee Mike. Um, And this is an OG Go-Go, like the Chuck Brown era. Mm. Um, It's been EU uh, doing the what? Wow. I ain't got the voice over here, so I can't play it for y'all, but he legendary. And he also worked at T.C. Williams, which um, she and I went to school and coach coached at. So we got to actually have conversations with mm-hmm. Sugar Bear. Like, it was just crazy, you know, to be that close to something and see that. So shout out to Sugar Bear. Shout out to Sugar Bear. Miss Finney, shout out to you too, man. They yeah. actually played that when I won prom queen in yeah. high school. Yo, they I, played doing the oh, wow. <laughs> Yo, you want, you, I run prom king too, right? They did, yo, I had them, they had them change the song in the middle. I was, they they played some like slow stuff. There he is. I was like, there he nah. is, ladies and gentlemen. What? Hater. Just let somebody shine. You ain't got to add that you want Prom King too. Dang, I was I'm, talking about the song. No, I'm just saying, but like he was giving Man. her her thing and everything. And then you got to say, oh yeah, me, I did that too. So, no, I didn't do that. I, it's okay. I got I, you. I Y'all see the, what it is? I changed the song in the middle of Prom. Yeah. I had to. It's all right. Check out, check out. <laughs> Y'all hear that? It's Eddie Kane over there trying to jump in. It's all good, man. It's all good. I got you, though. Yeah, yeah. they knew I wasn't doing no slow dance with EJ. Yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you are, hey, look, what, you was already three feet taller than my guy anyway. Shout out to my man EJ. Yeah, yeah. She can post and grow up. Yeah. Post. Real talk. Post, post cereal. <laughs> sure. Cinnamon toast crunch. Nice, man. But no, we got um next we're gonna go into some one-on-one battles a little bit and some TV shows. Jamie Foxx or Will Smith. Who's funnier? Mm, who's funnier? Who's funnier? Whose movies are better? Whose TV show is better? I'm going Jamie Foxx off the road. I love Will Smith, but Jamie Foxx is just he just more all around, I think. He can do it in every aspect, music, acting, like I, I think comedy. I, yeah, I'm I'm Jamie Foxx. He yeah. can do everything at an A plus. Level. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith is, you know, he's got a B and yeah. C in some certain things, but uh yeah. Jamie Foxx for sure. Yeah, for sure. I Jamie dope because he could do a whole stand up with the piano and sing in the middle. Right. Like he could do it all. What you doing? Yo, he got a number one song. Right, I know. I know he got. Uh, I know Will Smith got summertime, and he got Grammy and all that other good stuff too. But he ain't got blame it on the alcohol. No, <laughs> he ain't got. I, 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 but he they did, got class. Summertime is a classic. Summertime will, classic. will be yeah. played forever. Yeah, you guys will be forty years old and it still be played. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. But he started out as a, you know yeah. as an artist. So yeah. Jamie Foxx just. Yeah. He just burst onto the scene doing everything. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're gonna make it even different then. The Jamie Foxx show or the Fresh Prince of Bel Air show? Um, for the show, Fresh I'm, going, I'm going Fresh Prince. I'm going Jamie Foxx. I'm going Fresh Prince. Even though I cried, you know, everybody know when you cry. I cried, you know, when it was time to go and 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 when he was standing in the middle, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing. And he was like, man. It's the end. And then when he when his pops ain't come back, you know, legendary performance and all that. <laughs> but I just thought Jamie Foxx show was funnier. And it's it still had his like life lessons and all those other things. But yeah. It was 
it was more hood, probably. That's probably what it was. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's probably what it was. Because yeah. first person more polished, for sure. Yeah. Quincy Jones a part of that. You know, that's tightened up, for sure. You know, we got a Netflix need to put that out. All right, well, now we got one of those underground, you know, my wife and kids or the Williams brothers. Um, my wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. My wife and kids. Yeah, that that Junior. Junior different. <laughs> Junior different. Junior different. That man. Woo. Wayne Wayne's brothers was kind of over top sometimes. Like they were going too hard. Like, yeah. At some like, points. Yeah. Yeah. They was wilding out. What's the what's the man with the go to the tookie? <laughs> he used to get crazy in there, boy. The dude, everybody wearing their do rag like him now, though. Yeah, yeah. Man, that thing crazy. That thing crazy. All right, we got uh, House Party or Sister Act Two? House Sister party. Act Two. Come on. House Party. Come, come on. Sister Act Two. Hey, T, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Let's talk about it. What? Oh, man. man, come on. Kid play. Come on, man. Martin, young Martin Lawrence. Yeah, Dragon man. Breath. Man. <laughs> Man, it was crazy to me. Robin Harris, man, come on. Yeah, yeah, he used to get wild. He used to get wild. But it was crazy to me to get that story plot off. You go from performing in Vegas to now you in uh you a nun and <laughs> undercover. You a, you a nun in protective service. What? What is protection? Is getting crazy out here, man. Right. So now we'll go on to um a little music. All right. Oh, this for you. Anita Baker or Sade? I got both of them heavy rotation. Heavy rotation. Heavy rotation. Since 2007. <laughs> At least. Because I know. I was in the car. I was in the whip. I know. <laughs> Listen, man. Yeah. I'm, mm, I'm going to say Anita because I remember getting into it with um, one of my exes about who was better? She asked me who was better, Anita or Mariah Carey. And I what? Said, I said, Mariah Carey is, she can hit, I know she gets certain high notes, whatever, but for me, I'm, I'm going with Anita. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Anita. with Anita too. Yeah. yeah. Give Auntie her masters, man. Man, <laughs> masters, come on, man. Stream the music. Word though. Hold on. You gotta go to the greatest collections and all that <laughs> other stuff. Nah, man. It was, it threw me off when I found out Sade was a band name. And the, the lead single was named Helen or something like that. Listen, I didn't know that for a long time. <laughs> I'm I'm 20 years your senior, and I didn't know that. Like I was, I just always said I thought it was Sade. Yeah. yeah, that's dope though. Y'all see, I had a Sade shirt on the other day, so y'all know I was. You know, what I'm saying I'm giving it up, but that that allure make it dope too, though. Like you kind of ain't know, like it was, it was dope. So I'm going with Anita Baker too. All right, I didn't give you this one last time, OG, but Babyface or Smokey Robinson. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. You know they both got a mean pen. Babyface, man. You gotta remember, like Keith Evans. I'm 88, 92. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Babyface yeah, did a yeah, lot yeah. of things for me. Yeah, yeah. Did a right. lot of things for me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm going babyface yeah. too. Yeah. I cook your club. You know, I cook your dinner, yeah. wash your club. I mean, come on, man. man. Just we can't play none of the music stuff on here because that's when you know YouTube started. Right, you know, right, taking right. stuff down. But if you need to, you know, we're giving y'all, bridging the gap, we're giving y'all some gems for y'all to go <laughs> and, and tap into 
and get into it a little later. We'll get into the basketball stuff now, but we we entering our way into showing y'all a little bit more. All right. Chris Brown or Usher? Chris Brown. We go, we look, we two up, two down we, forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, faithful. For sure. it's, it's there. You know what I'm saying? He gonna go mm. Usher. Mm. I don't think he because, knows. You, you, you saying that because Usher was out before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I feel like there's more your speed. Yeah, it is. It has some great moments to some of his <laughs> albums. Some great moments. Shout out to Checkers in Dusseldorf, yeah. Germany. Look, <laughs> checkers, man. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm going Usher for sure. Yeah, we were breezy. Two up, two down. Forever. And and I don't have no celebrity beating him one-on-one. And he can hoop. Yeah, <laughs> like for real, for real. Yeah, he, you know, he can hoop. All right, this one back in your park. Marvin Gaye or Teddy P? Take your time on this one. Teddy P, y'all, is Teddy Pendergrass. The one and the only, <sighs> the legend, you know? I'm, I'm Teddy P. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Teddy yeah. Pendergrass, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Teddy P is smooth. He's a smooth dude, man. I think I might have to go with Teddy P. Yeah. You know, I think I went with Marvin last time. Yeah, I'm going Marvin this time. I'm going Marvin this time for but sure. But then I listened to some music. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's it's you don't go wrong either way. But I got into I, I was watching um there's a Motown documentary. Mm -hmm. Um and Barry Gordy and, and Quincy Jones, a few other people were in it. And it was talking about Marvin Gaye. Because they was telling Marvin Gaye, you can't make what's going on. You can't do none of those things. Like that's not what's gonna get us to the top. They ain't gonna right. wanna listen to that. And Marvin's like, man, I'm gonna do what I want. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you want me to be a creator? I'm gonna write, I'm gonna do that thing. And they was like, nah, I ain't gonna. And sure enough, what's going on came out. And he got the greatest rendition of that national anthem ever. And <laughs> yeah, he did sure. it, and he did it in the forum. And you know, I'm a Laker guy, <laughs> you know? Shout out to the, shout out to Staples and Lake Show, you know, and the Sparks. We're gonna get to that next. Don't worry. We here. We here. <laughs> All right. So now we got, we got just a few more. And T, I know you, I know you and your gospel thing too. So I'm going to throw something in there for you. It's going to be different than last time. Okay. I okay. got something for okay. you this time. All right. We're going to Shaka Khan or Aretha Franklin. This, <laughs> look, 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 that's it. Look, that's what you see his face. Mm. You see his face. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go with it. Uh. I know. I know. I, mm, I'm i going with Shaka. Mm. Just, I'm, I'm go with I think Shaka. I'm going to go with Aretha. I'm not even gonna answer. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. I, I got to sleep at night. I'm not. I'm not even gonna answer. He, he thought he knew the whole list. He was ready to just skate through him. Yeah. No, you gotta give us an answer. We can't leave like that. Man. Come on, man. man. I just bumped Shaka earlier today. Yeah, yeah. but Aretha, like that. That's that's all, that voice felt like home. That thing different. You both been shot. I'm going to Rita. Yeah. I mean, we got to show us. Yeah, yeah. Show. I mean, to the godmother. Go for sure. All right, T, this is you. Fred Hammond or John P. Key? Oh. You didn't know I had that one. Shout, <laughs> shout out to moms. Moms know. I got a, we got an arsenal over there. I'm going to go with. You got to think about it. John P. Key, these gospel singers, you know. I'm gonna go with Fred. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna go with Fred. It's I'm heavy. Fred. It's heavy, heavy. You can't lose with Fred. All right, let's get into some basketball stuff. There's gonna be some quick hitters, and then we're gonna um, you know, segue some some cool topics we got. 
Lisa Leslie or, or Candace Parker? Lisa Leslie. I'm going Leslie. Leslie, I'm I'm here too. I'm a long time, I'm a long time Sparks fan. Like back with Tina Thompson with the red lipstick, Nikki Teasley, <laughs> yeah. all all of that. Back, back. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 in there for all of that. Um, all right, I got something y'all ain't see last time. Teaspoon or Tisha Pinatero. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah. Y'all make sure y'all listen this up. Teresa Weatherspoon and uh Tanisha Pinatero. All right. Mm-hmm. Y'all go check those legendary Hoopers, ballers out. Like, this cat said, Tisha Pinachero from ODU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monarchs. I remember that's my time. She, you know, her, her and Yolanda Griffith was like John Stockton and Carl Malone. That duo was gangster. And Teaspoon with the straight backs. The straight backs. In New York, you can't just be in New York like unless you look killer. I think I'm gonna go with Teaspoon. Mm. I think I'm second that. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It's close though. Yeah, it's close yeah. though. It's close though for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Teaspoon. I'm glad you brought up Pinchero though. She don't get the respect that she deserves. No, sometimes. she don't. She was tough. She was tough. She like she was a monster. Like she was, and it was it was some flair to it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we'll talk about the women's game in a little bit too, and the misconceptions because people are idiots. But we'll get to that next. All right, Diana Taurasi or Stewie. And when we make this decision, we don't have to make it based on where they are now, because DT, of course, is out. But when we talk about prime versus prime, when it's all said and done. DT. DT? It's, it's the, the, Diana. I mean, yeah. it's no question. Like, people don't understand. She was good, but they don't know how, like, she was tough. She was nasty. Yeah, she's like, she, a different type. When you see her in person, it's, it's something different. Yeah. Like, it ain't no... Um, you know, oh, she's nice. She's skilled. She everything. Dog everything. Mm-hmm. And she talk about it. Yes. Oh yeah. She talk about. Oh it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She talk about it. So, all right. This one, Cheryl Swoops or Cynthia Cooper. I know. I know. And these are legendary and their teammates. Mm. Like it's Houston Commons era. Like Swoops got her own kick and it's fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We Cynthia them Swoops. Yeah. Look, Cynthia Cooper is Cynthia Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Cynthia Cooper, Cynthia Cooper, man. Mm. I'm going swoops. I'm going coop. I'm going coop. It's close. Really, really, our answers don't matter. Really. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody's waiting on you because yeah. you know better than anybody. Uh huh. That's a tough one. I think I might got to go swoops. Oh, yeah. That's nice. I think. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's, close. it's tough. It's close. Like, we're giving y'all some names that, young ladies, if you're watching, go out there and check them out. You know, a part of you guys studying the game and watching the game is going to know what your history is. For sure. For sure. How can you know where you're going to go if you don't know where the game has been before? Yep. Right? Exactly. Just make sure you check in with all that. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, let's get into women's basketball and just basketball period and like and like ti let you lead this one off with kind of letting people know um a little bit about your basketball background and how it goes for you like you played you started off playing with the guys until mm-hmm. you got to high school and dominating there and then you know you were a burger girl <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> mcdonald's all american you played acc you know now you're going on to your eighth year in the league Ninth year in the league and the WNBA playing for the Sparks. Like it wasn't a linear journey. 
No, 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 no. Right? Like it it took some it took some perseverance, you know, some resilience, like kind of let them know what first at the grassroots level, what did playing with guys do to prepare you? Um, I started playing when I was six. So playing with the guys eight and under uh, at the rec. Um, and it, it definitely made me tough more than anything because they didn't take it easy on me. Um, and that was all the way up even to high school when I used to hoop with y'all in open gym. Like nobody ever took it easy on me playing with the guys. They, they didn't want to lose to me. So they made everything, everything hard. Um, and I think that's where I got that toughness. Um, I've always played with like a chip on my shoulder. Um, since I was younger, uh, even when I played eight and under, ten and under at the Rex, they called me Barkley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know hey, that. They called me, call me Barkley. That, that's uh, real though. T famous for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Smack the ball once you grab the boy. It's mine. Back up. <laughs> yeah, so it definitely made me tough. Um, like you said, I didn't play with the girls until I couldn't play with the boys anymore. Uh, ended up playing uh, with Fairfax Stars for a little bit. And then um, that was a, that was a story program. So for any of our local listeners back home, we have tribal teams um, and it's AU. Um, now it's like each shoe brand got its mm, own league. Yeah. It's, it's highly touted. It's premier. It's exclusive. It's elite. And it's, um, you know, the best of the best playing. And she was a you know, Hall of Famer in Fairfax. Star, aren't you? Uh, I played with them when I was younger yeah. uh, before it got. Got crazy. Um, by eighth grade, I was playing with Boo, and yeah. it's, shout not out to me. People could top Boo. Yeah, shout out to Boo. Boo Williams is one of the greatest basketball ambassadors, pioneers For that sure. we've ever had. Like we put him in that conversation with um, John Thompson, like all those guys. Shout out to Boo Williams. Yeah, they just put they are putting us in the Hall of Fame, so yeah. that's what Hall of Fame will be. Man, that's that's big time. That's big time. Um, yeah, so I played with Boo, the youngest player to ever play on his elite team. Um, just got an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, where Porsche was like, he's trying to get you down there with Boo. I ended up going down there. It was like a tryout. Um, and I, you could talk to Boo, and he'll tell me I didn't have plans right. putting you on this team. Um, but when I came down there, he was like. After the first couple practices, he, my mom was down there. He went up to my mom, was like, "I need to see this girl birth certificate." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell him to tell him that type of trip, though. Man, um, yeah, that's a real trip. Yeah, yeah, we practice only on weekends, so mm -hmm. we literally would drive down two, two and a half hours to Hampton, uh, and and practice the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and then go back home, do it all again. It was probably like every other weekend until. The season started, mm -hmm. uh, but once we got rolling, we barely practiced. Yeah. Half the team was from up north, uh, and then the other half was from pretty much the Tidewater area. Mm -hmm. So play with play with Boo for four years, um, and then ended up going to North Carolina, playing there, uh, and that's where my journey kind of went kind of crazy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, after my sophomore year, that summer. Ended up tearing my shoulder in workouts and stuff, playing pickup, and had to get surgery. So I sat half of my junior year, uh, missed all of like non-conference 
uh, and came back at the beginning of conference play. No real rhythm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like in college or junior year is like one of your like most important years. Mm -hmm. So missing half of it was kind of like detrimental. But then I had a great senior season um, and ended up not getting drafted into the league. Uh, which was a blessing yeah. to me. Uh, well, going, going into college, you was the McDonald's All-American Game MVP, correct? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Now, don't just gloss over that because you know, there's a reason why I call her the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that's listening from Alexandria, whoever it may be, I did not misspeak. misspeak. Right, right. I meant what I said. <laughs> if you're from Alexandria or Northern, you know about T.A. Yeah. Oh, you should man. know. For sure. Before you said she was the MVP of the McDonald's game, I was going to say, you had some issues with your shoulder in high school, though. Yeah. And you still averaged a triple-double. Close. Yeah. 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 I mean, year. every year it was like something with my shoulder. But, you know, in high school, you kind of just go with the flow. Like, I just kept telling my mom, I don't want to have surgery. Like, it's going to put me yeah. back. And, you know, like, you don't really know much about your body mm -hmm. uh like in high school like you just want to hoop yeah i just wanted to play ball i wasn't they said surgery six months out nah i'm cool i can i figure it out no no own. i mean that's I, I take my hat off to you for doing that but there's a lot of people who would have been like nah i can't deal with the pain i i you know what i'm saying i'm i'm straight i've already averaged 30 points up to this point i got college offers already i'm good you know, you wanted to win. You yeah, wanted I wanted to play. To win. You're just a hooper. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to sit people out. People need to hear that. Yeah, you know? I never wanted to sit out. At the last, the last game in high school, I had to sit out because I had hurt my shoulder the game before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mom was like, "You ain't playing. You ain't playing." Ain't She's playing. like, "If you don't, if this brace that they say you need don't come in by the game, you're not playing." Yeah. And I was like, "Come on, I didn't play like this before." But she stuck to it. I was sitting on that bench, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was tough. That was tough. Ain't talking about sacrifices. If uh, for everybody listening, young young girl, young boy, what she just talked about doing, driving two three hours away from home to practice, right? And she didn't even get into her workout because mm. I remember coming up. I was might have been in middle school or so, and it was um OG that's around Mr. Turner. So I was Mr. Turner. He used to um he used to come, he used to work at Hammond. Mm -hmm. And he had the keys and stuff there. And he'd be like, he saw me playing and stuff. He'd be like, Oh, you working on your game? And I'm like, Yeah. Cause I, I wasn't, I didn't really know that Alexandria like politics, so to speak. Like I always tell people, I didn't know what Delray was, uptown, nothing. Yeah. Cause I went to, when I moved to Alexandria, I moved to the west side of it. So from there, it's just like it just is what it is. And my mom took me everywhere else. So even AAU, I didn't play. I played Virginia Pride, but then I went over the uh, bridge. So I was like, yeah, I'm working. He's like, Tierra Pratt being here, she shoot 3,000 shots a week. <laughs> and I'm in here with her. And I, I, at that point, like, I had no clue who T was. Everybody was always talking about her. There's a girl who's always playing with the boys, killing the boys, right? And I was like, all right. All right, all right, we're going to see. I worked out with Mr. Turner one time. I, I think I caught a cramp in my shoulder. <laughs> I was he like, make you put up a lot of shots. That's like, all it's about. Like, man, yo, are you serious? So we like Tierra, she put in work and that was something that everybody knew. Like that, that became part of her reputation. Yeah. Right. People know when T walking to the gym, she, she did her work before she got there and she going to do it after she leave. Yeah. Right. It was no, 
there's no magic to it or nothing like that. You just gotta put the work in, right? Yeah, yeah that was messing with Porsche, man. Yeah, yeah. That's Porsche. who got that's who like instilled that that work ethic in me. Like yeah. he he came around seventh grade. I worked out with him. Um and he told my mom, like, I'm gonna take that job at T C Williams. And at that point my mom was kinda like she ain't going to TC. Right. Like, <laughs> she's not going to TC. Right. Like, she gonna go private. And that was just the way it was going. He was like, listen, just give me one year with her at TC. And if you don't like, like, what I do for her, how I can help her, um, and any of that, you can send her private. And I ended up getting with Boo. I ended yeah. up playing jv my eighth grade year because you couldn't play varsity but i practiced with the varsity yeah. team um i was working out before practice or in the mornings and mm -hmm. then after practice um but he just kind of instilled that that work ethic in me like it was no no way around it like if yeah. i wanted to to slack off he will always find a way to like motivate me to to be better mm -hmm. especially once i start playing with boo because Eight. When I first got down there, it was like, uh, yeah. sit down here at the end. And then he know, like, I wasn't the type of player that, that ever had to sit and watch. So I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to play. And he was just like, well, this is where you got to do the work. He was like, practice don't mean nothing if you're not putting in the work before mm -hmm. and after. So Yeah, y'all hear that? <laughs> he, he instilled that in me for sure. So let me ask you this. and um, Do you think going to a private school would have changed your career any differently in terms of making it enhancing it or anything like that or you think tc was was definitely um uh, something that propelled you to the next level um i'm i'm not really sure because uh i was already like a top like prospect mm -hmm. um going into high school and then i played with boo so that was where i got most of my looks from to start other than playing with Fairfax Stars, of course. Um, but Boo just like amplified it like 10 times more. Um, so I'm not really sure if high school really made a difference as to where I was going, because even though TC wasn't like a like a big program, I, I ended up being the program. Right. So a fact. So, so, like, <laughs> so basically what you're saying is that if you can play, they gonna find you. You can play, yeah. right? If you could play, right. they gonna the coaches gonna find you. Right. It don't so, matter where you play at. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm glad you said that because I want everybody to hear that. Um, that you don't necessarily have to go somewhere else to push your career along. It's about how hard you work. Exactly. Right. No, that's a fact. And we've been hearing those same things for a long time. Right. And that was even um well shot first, let me shout out Porsche. Porsche was I had a I had an incident in high school where um i think i had some i had the wrong guidance around i ain't gonna say no names wrong guidance this was the year before i got on on varsity but porsche had told me um yeah this is i ain't gonna say no names i got some wrong guidance but porsche had told me he said you're a dime a dozen right i was like 14 or whatever i was like i was taking offense to it like any 14 year old dude so like, you're a dime a dozen you it, there's a six six kid like you everywhere around the world only way you're going to stand out is by, like you said, working a little bit harder, right? And I was thinking my shit was already good. I was like, I'm good. I'm good to go, right? <laughs> he, let, he let me know in, like, the realest way when there were some people around that, like, 
day one were saying the opposite of what he was saying and mm -hmm. Coach Thomas was saying. They were like, yo, don't listen to them, right? And it ended up turning out that those two were the ones that had all of our best interests at heart. So, you know, that's some of those things that come with being in the basketball culture. You just got to be able to filter out the nonsense. But yeah. you went from McDonald's All-American MVP uh -huh. to UNC with a, you know, an up and down career because of injuries. Mm -hmm. You did what fighters do. You climbed your way back to the top, gave yourself a chance. And now here you are in your senior year. You're going into um, the WNBA draft. Mm -hmm. Were you even were you even thinking about were you even like in the same space for basketball anymore? Like, was um, it like because I know I remember I, I thought I was going to be able to play pro. I thought I wanted to play pro. Mm -hmm. And then something like big happened to me, health and all these other different things. And I go to school. I didn't think I was going to go to. So by the time I became a senior, I had given basketball all I was going to give it. <laughs> right. Like it was like I had given everything else I could yeah. give to it, sacrificing it. And now it was looking like if I'm going to sacrifice that time again, will it be worth it? Will I still feel the same? Like yeah. Putting things in that perspective. I think my sophomore year, I was like, ah, I just got to get through these next few years and then get my education and be done. Um, then my junior year, when I got hurt, I was really like, all right now, like, mm -hmm. I don't know where this is going to take me, but. I think once I got back to like being myself and playing the game the way like I knew how to play. And then I had um, an assistant coach that uh, I had at North Carolina. Uh, she's at the head coach at Central now for women's basketball, Trisha Stafford Odom. Um, she changed my whole like mindset and perspective about basketball. She was played college basketball, played pro. Um, so she kind of, like flip the switch for me again and like lit that fire up under me and and push me to have a great senior year um and at the end of it it was like all right like we gonna see mm -hmm. and i talked to some agents and stuff at the end of the year uh they're like oh they got you on some draft boards it's looking like second round maybe third round i was like okay like whatever if it happens it happens right uh, but it ended up not happening. And I think that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And uh, my coach was like, I talked to her after and she was like, listen, you're going to get an opportunity. She was like, and when you get that opportunity, you just go in there and prove motherfuckers wrong. That exactly. was literally her words. And I was like, mm. all right, like, I'm going to listen to you. And literally I got the call that same night as the draft from, um, from Mike in DC. And he was like, we want you to come to training camp. And I had a few other coaches like call, like we want you to come to training camp, but it was nothing like going home. Yeah, she's talking about the Washington Mystics. Right? Yeah, so it was like, uh, it was like a no brainer for me. Like I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna be around my family, of course. And a lot of people say it's hard to play in that, that mm -hmm. type atmosphere, for, but for me, it was exactly what I needed, um, that extra push and went in there and did exactly that. Like I wrote a list of every person on the team that played the guard position. And yeah. every day I just went at another one, checked off the list, checked off the That's list, gangster. checked off the list. That's gangster. Until the end, and I ended up making a team. Yeah, the dopest part, one of the dopest things I'm hearing from your story, after like hearing, because like I say, we, 
we know of each other, but we don't really, we all don't know our, each other's stories because everybody got something in the back, right? Mm. Seeing it from the end, I'm like, yo, she got her jersey retired in the middle <laughs> of the game. She at UNC, that's the place I love and all the other yeah. things. Like she, <laughs> whatever, man. So I'm like, yo, T is T, right? That's a goat. But she had to go through her things where they was going to challenge her, right? You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. If you want to be there, you're going to have to take some of them hits. Oh, yeah. Right? Everybody take those. It's just how you respond. Yeah. Can you take a punch, right? Yeah. Everybody want to box until they take that first <laughs> punch. But what I like and what I can relate to was the people that helped you stay afloat was those coaches. For sure. Right? For sure. And right now, we're at the space where people basketball is, is a business for more people than anything. Yeah. It's a business. That's that, the scary part. It's scary. It's a business at top, right? But at the grassroots levels, the kids that are picking up the basketball, they're still picking it up for the same reason we all did before. Mm hmm Get escape something. It's it's a, it's it's some bliss. Even if they don't feel like they gotta go play overseas or pro, it just feels good and safe right mm -hmm. there. Right. But the coaches aren't taking that time to put that in there like for you to hear you had coaches to push you make sure don't stop i see where you're going right only take one yeah right it only take yeah. one right i mean i'm here with him because of that those same things right? yeah i'm porsche man that he yeah. changed the game for me uh, yeah. and he ended up only being my coach for one year at yeah. cc yeah. uh i played eighth grade jv and then my first year of varsity he was my coach well, after that, he ended up getting a college coaching job. Yeah, yeah. And ended yeah. up leaving. After that, I had three, three other coaches. Yeah, you, you had one pro coach. <laughs> yeah. And then you had a, you had a coach after that too. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. But but we were going to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was cool. <laughs> it was an interesting time, man. You definitely killed it. But even within that space, because we have kids now that they'll let some things off the court or some other situations be excuses for them mm. or just um, kind of taking some turmoil instead of using it to fuel their fire, they use it as, you know, man, I'm defeated, right? Yeah. Like for you, draft day was tough. Mm -hmm. And just playing the WNBA that first day was tough because you lost, you know, your, your cousin, your best friend, you know, one of our yeah. former teammates, you know, JD, you the know, same killed. day I made the team that yeah. night he was killed. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that's the reason I continued to play. Right. So, For sure. I, I, it wasn't supposed to happen that way, but that was like more of a fuel than anything. For sure. For sure. For me. Yeah. And then you just took that, and because you carried that platform. Oh yeah. And now we're here, and you know, now we're here. You know what I'm saying? The name and the name will never die. We got, we got young. You know, hoop stars and hoop mountain Dubai <laughs> making videos, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Showing love. She's asking yeah. her parents are asking, how can we get involved and help out with this racial oppression? You know, and that inspiration is Jew, is Julian, right? Like that was that's the inspiration for everything. Is the reason I because it was a point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this, man. And then I was like, he wouldn't have wanted it any other way. So I think he cried. More than I cried on draft night, so um, yeah, it was no other other way around it. Um, he's the reason I push for everything, not just basketball wise, but everything going on in the world. He he's the reason behind it. 
Yeah. No, nah, shout out to Jew. Jew, one of the funniest teammates I ever had in my life. <laughs> Jew, Jew used to come into the uh, study hall playing Robin Thicke. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> he sees me like, look, y'all, look, y'all got to get this right. one, Jew. Jew, like, you got to make sure this one is in the mix. It's like, y'all lost without you? That's it? That's the one? Oh, he was going to play them slow jams now. He had him. He had him. Yeah, shout out to Jew, man. But now we talk about your WNBA career. Mm-hmm. Right, the Mystics, right, hometown squad, chance to play with you know Elena Deladon on that squad. You know one of the what people would deem one of the greatest, one of the greatest talents to come in, and then not only that, but play and play for a title. Mm-hmm. And I was at I, I came to I came to one of that games too. And you guys are playing at Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah, at that yeah. one. It was the Mason one and the and the GW one. I came to both of those. Yeah, I think the GW y'all played the dream. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, played yeah. the dream. Yeah, 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 nice. But to be there, and now you're in LA mm-hmm. with the Sparks. You know, I'm a I'm a Staples Center guy. I'm a Laker guy through and through. Like <laughs> when we get home, when we get home, don't be surprised if I don't know if I'm gonna get vaccinated. I'm not sure about any of those things. But don't be surprised if I say, "Yo, T, I just landed in LAX. <laughs> I know y'all playing the storm tonight." You know, they letting fans in. <laughs> yeah, you got a ticket. You yeah, got a no, ticket for sure. Talk, let them know about that NBA, that WNBA journey, though, after you had to go through the undrafted route. Uh, playing at home was amazing. Like, just being able to have my family at every home game um, and just build a culture there, uh, kind of being that, like, hometown hero and having people from back home able to see, like, kids – uh, able to see somebody who was from where they're from actually make it and now playing in the on, on a hometown team. Yeah. Amazing feeling. Like played there for six years. Mm-hmm. Um and I wouldn't trade it for, for anything. Yeah. Uh but it was just time for me to do something different mm-hmm. at the end of those six years. Uh it was a push I needed to to grow. Yeah. Um because at home, of course, like you get comfortable. Like I don't gotta meet no new people. I don't I don't gotta be around too many people. Um, I could just go home to my family. Uh so I decided to make that change to go to to LA. It was just something that I felt I needed to become uh better mm-hmm. for myself. Um and it was it was one of the best decisions I ever made, uh going out to LA. Uh, being able to play with some of the greatest players um, to play the game uh, with Candice and NECA, uh, Chelsea Gray, those type players, Simone Augustus. Oh, Simone. Uh, not a bad place to live. Yo, yeah, amazing. Not a bad place to live. Like, amazing. Uh, but the journey has, has been great. Um, just being able to do something I love mm-hmm. uh, for a job, people would say. But it's I'm passionate about it, so I don't feel like I, I work a day ever in my that's life awesome. so far man that's a that's a that's a bar who would you say um was the best teammate you had in terms of like an old head like taking you under their wing get a little closer to the mic OG. um i i would say because i only played with moan for for one season but i would have to say monique curry Mm. And Ivory Ladder. Mm. Ivory Ladder. Yeah. I'm in North Carolina, though. Right? Yeah. So yeah, those two. Um, 
from from the beginning of my career uh, in D.C., those two mm. kind of like took me under their wings. I talked to Ivy before because, like you said, it was a Carolina thing. Um, I talked to her going into my senior year because uh, I ended up playing point guard my senior year in college. Uh. So <laughs> I talked to her about that um, at the beginning of my senior year and then ended up being her teammate when I got into the league in D.C. And Monique Curry was just like that that OG that kind of was like, listen, mm. in training camp, she was like, listen, it's two spots. There's two people left here. There's one spot left. Is it going to be yours? <laughs> really? She's from the city too, Yeah, right? she's from D.C. And she's like, you worked for it. You earned it. And I kind of just like follow her path. She had been in the league um, for maybe at that point, maybe like nine or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um and that's who I was playing behind. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of just follow her ways and still stay in contact with Mo to this day. Still stay in contact with Ivy. I probably talked to Ivy like two or three days ago. Um, man, but, I love Ivy Ladder. But those two, man, those two were were my best vets that I was like really close with. Um, not just basketball, but outside of basketball, but then Carol Lawson. Um, we just we, we were just talking we about Carol Lawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she did it right. One of the like best like vets that's going to show you like I'm going. This is what I, how I work. This is what I do, and understands the game on a different type level. Mm -hmm. Um, so those three I would say were or have been my my my, my best vets. Have Have you found yourself in that position now? I'm paying it forward to an extent. It started in D.C. Uh, we we had to be vets early mm -hmm. in our career. The people that I came with in with Emma Meeson and Taylor Hill, yeah, um, those mm -hmm. type players. Meeson, we we had to grow up fast because Mike Tebow was changing the the culture in D.C. when he came in. So he brought in our first year. He brought in a whole new group of players. He may have had three or four players that were still there from the previous team. Um, but after a while, he weeded them out and he had his own team. And by then it was like we were the vets by like year three. Yeah. So we 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 learned quickly how to like lead and everybody don't lead the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people are more vocal and want to talk. Some people are more quiet and you're going to lead by example. Um, and that's the type of leader I was. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to do the work. And because of my story, everybody respected me anyway mm -hmm. uh, and how I came into the league and, and the way I like carried myself. So early on in my career, I learned that. And then once I got to LA, it was like, oh, I can kind of like yeah. chill because I got Candace, yeah. Neca, like Elena Beard. Like, I don't got to be the vet. Elena Beard is OG. Like, you know what I'm saying? Figure it out with them. Like, I can see what they do and how they do it and kind of follow them. You know, I asked Elena Beard the problem in high school. <laughs> I swear to God, I probably, oh, she was on a crutch too. That's what she had with her. Uh, Elena Beard was the reason I ended up in LA. Yeah. The, you know, that was the. Yeah, hater, man. <laughs> look, look. Don't hate, man. Don't hate, man. I'm telling you. Oh, it's got to be about me. That's who? Limousine ride. That's who? Jet flying. Uh, and I'm 
I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. They give me two claps and a Ric Flair. It's your fault. No, man. Stop hating on the kid, man. But no, what you talk about Staples Center. What is it like playing playing the Staples? Before I went to LA, Staples Center was my favorite place to play. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I always got off in there in yeah. Staples Center just, every year. Like it just feels good. It was just just different. It's just different. Yeah. And then once I got to LA, like I literally after my maybe like my first or second game playing, I was just like I was outside of Staples Center like Bro, I'm I'm really like playing Staples Center. <laughs> I sound like us in Dubai. Right? You know, sure. You're walking through game day. Walk us through your your first game day at Staples Center. Like what that from the time you woke up and getting ready to the gym, like what was that? Like I know you didn't forget it. I mean, I I handle every game day pretty much the same. It was just different, uh like the timing was different. Uh being on the West Coast was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the morning, got up, went to shoot around. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's hyped for shoot around. It's the first game. Yeah. Um so shoot around, went smooth. I'm one of them people that I can get really high, yeah. like too hyped for the game. So I be having to calm myself down. I let myself be hyped a little bit through shoot around, get us through shoot around, and then I have to calm myself down for that's the what, day. That's what Fred Hammond for? Yeah, that's why I got to <laughs> play gospel because if I don't, I'd be off the hinges. You were, um, But yeah, shoot around, went smooth, go home, eat eat some breakfast, which was probably a smoothie because I am i can't eat a lot before games. Uh, so I probably had a smoothie or something, took a nap. And then... The city of light. You got you to gotta throw on a fit in, in LA uh, too, though. Yeah, you got you know to. You I, can't I, get I like caught. that. I see the frames. You see you, the frames. You can't get caught <laughs> slipping in LA. Yeah. In DC, I can come to the game, you know what I'm saying? I can wear a sweatsuit and be cool. Right, right. Like, ain't, ain't nobody really watching you in LA. Yeah, tunnel pick. Like, man, I got to actually put on clothes. Because <laughs> yeah. you could get caught anywhere. Yeah, yeah word so, You know, got dressed. I don't remember exactly what I put. Oh, I do remember exactly what I put on. Because I had on a Nipsey Hustle shirt. Oh, TMC. I went in okay. game my, with, yeah. with the Nipsey on. My, my, my Nipsey poster coming up soon. Don't worry. As you guys see, we got a new set. And, you know, you know whose side this is. You know, shout out to 04. 04, shout out to you guys. I got to find my kicks on this part of the world. You know, we're going to shout them out, get them some love because we need some cause figurines and some things up here. And then back there, we got Parker Gray. Again, do your Googles. That's legendary black mm-hmm. history right there. Um, and then, is that is that MJ back there? Is that MJ? Yeah, like that's MJ behind T right there. Well, yeah, shout out to Nipsey, man. So, Staples Center, that's love. Yeah. You know, yeah, but love, love for sure. Once the ball tips, basketball is basketball. Yeah. Right? No matter the gym, you know, them lines the same on every court. Every court, right? We play that's why we play the line game. And, and uh, for all our young hoops, we gotta teach them everything. So we literally play a game to teach them the lines on the court, right? Yeah. But so coach probably, I think he probably asked me this before too. Who's the toughest top three, the toughest people for you to guard in the league? Or let me say toughest. Who do you enjoy guarding the most? Because you know it's going to be a battle and you got to bring your lunch pail. So always DT. Um, But my first few years, the middle, 
these last few years, like it changes. Mm -hmm. uh, so DT was always <clears throat> one. Um, and then before playing with Elena, Elena Deladon. Yeah. So them two probably was my first Elena before she got to DC. So that was she was in Chicago my first through two or three years. And then I played with her for three. And so them two, of course, Maya Moore. But now these young kids coming in, they di they they different. 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 Talk to us, because you know I'm a I'm a fan of Ariel Atkins. I love Ariel. I love Ariel. She was she was a pro. She was a pro coming into the league. Um, but of course, like she played under Tina Thompson. Um, so she she learned the game a lot differently than, than some, <laughs> you know. So she she already had like that professional uh, way of carrying herself. How she came into the league. Um, by far, one of my favorite rookies. Her and then Maisha Hans Allen. Those two have been. I still stay in contact with them to this day. So those two are, are, are my are my my rookies. Yeah. Uh, but like Garden now, like uh, Rike Gumboale, tough, like a tough, really tough guard. Like she crafty. Yeah, super crafty. Um, and then uh, she's probably one of the toughest, but also like Stewie. Like you can't still eat like she, she's different. Like KD type of different, right? <laughs> to where she's she gonna get her shot off. It doesn't matter anywhere there or nothing. Nothing. So and of course, like Jewel Lloyd, like mm. we had our like battles, Kayla McBride. So it's I, it's just different. It's a lot of guards in the league that can that can do it. I like Kayla McBride too. I always felt like she could be better. Like she could excel a little bit more. Like she could be like more like a perennial all star. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think it's going to come. She just the ball in her hand more. I think that her first few years in the league, she was, like, figuring it out. And then, like, they brought in Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage, and then she kind of fades out a little bit yeah. more. So mm -hmm. it's it's going to be interesting to see how she does in, in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but she's a tough guard. What, what do you think about the youngin' from Maryland? Oso. Oh, she's tough. How's that going? How's her game going to translate to the, to the league? I, I th like for me, so this is crazy, but when Porsche actually came back to Virginia and was coaching, I worked out with him one time and he was like, I got this kid that's coming in next. And he was like, she's going to be a beast. And I was like, all right, like I, I trust you because you, <laughs> you said the same thing about me. So I trust you when you say that. And he was like, it's going to throw you off, but just watch how she moved. He was like, next time you're going to work out with her. I was like, all right, cool. She came in. I was like, look, like, nah, I, I trust you on a lot of things now, right, GP, right. but I don't know about this one. Then I seen her like handling the ball and I seen how she was moving. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, she's going to be tough. Man, monster. She's going to be tough. And it looked, it looked where she, she's at now. It's like, he called it. And for me, it's like she got that game like uh, Chelsea Gray. Yeah. <laughs> like that same yeah. type game, know how to use her body well, bigger stature up top. Like, But her offensive game even a little bit more refined at that young like age. At that age, yeah. 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 Like, she plays like Chelsea plays now <laughs> in the league. But when you first see her, you're like. You wouldn't think. No, like, you wouldn't she think she could that move. Tough. Look, when that thing goes up, she buggy. 
Yeah, King, she's tough. King, you said you saw her against FUD. Yes. Against St. John's FUD yes. and, and gave him a 40 piece. Yeah, I mean, two, you know, two superstars going at each other, but man. It's a different in, way to get I was it. impressed with this. I was impressed. I, I, knew, I knew it was different when I sent, because you know, my mom, she loved basketball, basketball, football, tennis, whatever. She'd sit and watch everything. So I, I remember before we got here, I had seen somebody had sent a clip of her in high school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is that part of six? So I <laughs> sent it to my mom. I was like, mom, you see this? And I said, what school is she going to? I said, it looks like she's going to Maryland. She said, I'm getting tickets. Mm. I said, mom, you ain't never been in no college game. <laughs> what you mean? She's like, yo, I'm gonna pay to see her. She she getting to it. So she shout tough. out to them. But that'll lead us, well, you got a new look Sparks team because we want to talk more about the women's game and and, and those things. Mm -hmm. But you got a new look Sparks team. Yeah. Um, I'm an L.A. guy. I'm telling you, Laker Nation, Sparks Nation, I'm I'm here. I'm trying to go back to when I get home, I'm trying to go to a parade. I'm trying to go to a parade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This year, next year, yo, talk to me. What you what you feeling like going into the year? I think we're going to be good. Yeah, a lot of people like counting us out. Okay, we we lost some some superstars. We lost Candice. We lost Chelsea. Um, we lost Raquana Williams. Like, I get it, but we got some pieces still. Like, you people doubting us, and the pieces we're bringing in aren't just like pieces. Yeah, like we got some dogs. Yeah, like <laughs> we got some people coming in that got a chip on their shoulder. Like I I have had going into the league. Undrafted, been cut. Is it Courtney Williams? Erica Willis. Eric, Erica Willis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we got players like that. We got Taya Cooper coming back. We got Cheney mm. coming back. We got Christy Tolliver coming back. We like we got players. We got pieces that people forget about. But we also got people that's like, I've been cut. Like, mm -hmm. no team ain't want me. Like, those type players. And when you got them, yeah. Like it's gonna be hard to. They hungry. Yeah. You gotta feed the wolves. You gotta feed them. <laughs> you and gotta feed them. They coming in. They coming in like that. So mm -hmm. it's gonna be a super competitive training camp for one. That's that's where it starts. Cut. Yeah. And then we don't see. That's but I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good year for us. Uh, and especially because people counting us out. Yeah. So that's that's love. That's fun. Like. Coach has been there before. Like when you got your back against the wall, sometimes you like playing from there. Like okay, that's the best place to play, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, yeah, ain't I, no pressure. Like yeah, you got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. You gonna you gonna show people. Yeah, and you and you hear what's real when, from your opponents. Right? Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, you take. Oh, you think it's funny? Right. Oh, it's like you know what the truth is when we get on the court. <laughs> like you know the energy. And them lights on. It's always different. It's always different, but the women's basketball game, just the, as a whole, you know, like I said, Coach and I are fans. Coach did scouting for the WNBA for a number mm -hmm. of years. Um, I've my I grew up watching Merrill Page. Oh yeah, yeah. Moms took me to the Mystics yeah. games early. Like Shemequa Holes Club. Yeah, oh Shemequa. Yeah, come mm -hmm. on. I'm talking about Tennessee Shemequa Holes yeah. Club. Tennessee everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm from that cloth. So I've, I watched the game and seen how it's grown, mm -hmm. and see the level of talent and where's, where it's going to go next. Right? We don't get that same push from the media, so to speak. Right? No. Different reasons. Just recently, right now it's March Madness. 
right? The NCAA tourney is going. And for for what it's worth, the women's NCAA tournament is is huge. It's huge. You know, a lot of these guys that don't really pay attention, but they they filling up 30,000. They filling up seats. Like, it's huge. And we just had social media go crazy because of the difference in treatment from mm-hmm. the NCAA for the young ladies and for for the men. Um, I just let you sound off on it, right? Because I know you've seen it and you just want to get something off your chest and, you know, talk to some folks and just let them know, man, you know. I mean, we we all see the disparities in women's and men's sports, period. Um, so to say what I was saying and it's really not a surprise. Right. Um, but it's still messed up. And just figuring out a way, one, because of Title IX, that should have never even been right. an issue. Right. Um, I can see, like, on a professional level, uh, the differences, but that's because money's involved. Mm-hmm. But on a college level, every college athlete should be treated uh, the same. They didn't even try. But, but we hear all the time that in college athletics, money isn't an issue. <laughs> we all know it is. It is, and for that, sure. And what we just saw was proof of that. Yeah, but it, it, when you're all under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. In a bubble. Money shouldn't be. <laughs> oh, it, no, it shouldn't. It, Especially when you can see, like, oh, this is our weight room, and I can go around the corner and see this is their weight room. Like, and the food. Did you see the food? Yeah, the food's bad. Crazy. The weight room's bad. The, like, the, kid, the, the, package. the packages are bad. Like, it was like they put no thought and no effort into But the same thing happened in the bubble with us. Mm. We've seen how the NBA was, and then you've seen how the WNBA was. Because you, 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 you did play in the bubble last year. Yeah, it was completely different. Same same type, the food, our food, the arenas, our arena. Like it was, now, I mean. Now, knowing that it there is disparity in the money, um, and you said you, you can see sometimes why it would be different on the pro level, but to the extent that it was so egregious with. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like somebody should be fired. Yes, yeah, somebody, somebody should, be fired. should be fired. For sure. For and sure. because that's somebody deliberately trying to send a message that, they don't give a they don't give a crap. Yeah. They should be fired. That's Somebody real. Should. That's real. And you know what's funny is I just saw a graphic where they put down like UVA and several other schools got new facilities. Mm-hmm. These facilities are 186 million. Mm-hmm. 75 million. 85 million. Where are you finding the money for this stuff? Right? Got you got you money. got it. And you got it to spread around. You know what I'm saying? These big big football schools, every everybody you got enough to make sure that they good. They ain't asking for everything. When you when you fire a coach mm-hmm. three years into a six-year contract and you pay him all of the, his remaining money within 30 days, you got money. <laughs> oh, for you sure. Got money. You got money. For sure. Yeah. You know how much money they're making off these these college kids? Like crazy. Um, crazy. Crazy. It's and, ridiculous. And just just to talk about it, like, because we talk about NCAA, just women's basketball, period. And this this week also you had, you know, I guess I didn't see the clip with Shaq, but I guess Shaq said something about lowering the rims. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And, you and know, was- yes, yes, yes. Got upset. And I think 
I think what a lot of people don't understand is that when women are talking about respecting the game, when showing some love to the game and, you know, giving them, you know, this equity, they're not asking for the exact same thing the NBA is getting. No. They know the difference. The WNBA is, what, 30 years in, if that? Year 25. Year 25, right? The league been around I mean, Mike and Pettit. Like, you know, that's that's the 50s, right? It's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been around. This is It's a business, so it's growing. It's just understanding that, like, you're watching it grow, appreciate it for what it is, and don't try to mold it into something that you're already used to. It is a different game. Yeah, yeah. completely different. Completely just, just, different. Just put some thought and concern into what you're doing. That means yeah. what we just saw recently, somebody just said they just – you just do some something out there to see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, um, if yeah. it wasn't for social media, that nothing would happen, right? It wouldn't have been seen. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad those kids like woke up. Yeah, like in a time where we're talking about equality, yeah. like how could you possibly mm-hmm. think that that was gonna fly? Yeah, it's a different generation. It's a different time. And for all the guys that like, you really gotta pay attention to basketball. When you guys talk down on women's basketball, it lets me know that you really don't know what you're talking about when it comes right. to the game. Right. Right. Like watching the game and being able to sit and watching the Storm play against the Mystics in the um, in the, in the finals two years ago and watching that level of basketball, seeing we always talk about the footwork. We're talking about, you know, just the the art of it, too, because a lot of times in basketball as men, the ball don't get swung around. Mm-hmm. Right, there's no real rhythm within the space. You know, there's no scheme that's getting complete. Right, you can't really see the things that that to the purest form because sometimes you are relying on athleticism. And even when you get to the highest peak, you get athleticism can only take you but so far. Yeah, <laughs> only do so much. So appreciate the game for what it is. Like if you don't know hoops and you just say you don't know, don't demean the game because I promise you, like T said, she grew up hooping with us. And a lot of people don't know how, um, and you can expand on this, how tough it is to play overseas for eight, nine months and <laughs> then come back and play a grueling WNBA season. People don't know that that's tough playing year round. Yeah. It's, uh, you do that in high school, right. college, you got to get a little break. Right. Um, but then you back at it in the league. It's like nonstop. You don't get a break. Um, I take my break though. Right, right. Um, You're smart. You're smart. <laughs> but a lot of people play year round, literally. Um, play in the summer, season's over in October, so end of September, early October. Some people get a week, some people get 10 days, and then they're going overseas for seven months. And then when it's, that season's over, it rolls right into training camp. So there's no breaks. So you got to find, you got to find a way to take your breaks and with the new CBA it's allowing um people to not go overseas uh go over half the season um in that regard but at some point I think it's gonna be the league's gonna grow mm-hmm. enough to where you won't have to have to do both um but it'll be interesting to see like when that comes but if you do do it again Dubai is not a bad place, right? Oh, I come here. I come here every off season. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, T, you know, and I, OG take care of all the personnel stuff. But I promise you, 
you know, I I think I can say this, you know, in confidence. We got some room for you at Hoop Mountain Dubai hey, too. Listen, yes, hey, hey, <laughs> listen, keep my spot. We, we got. I'm, I'm open to it. If we, you you come over here and you can give us any bit of your free time, we'll take over netball. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we'll take we'll take over netball. Net, netball got all the athletes. Hey, all I'm, the, I'm with it. I'm with yes, it. Yes, we sure. already got a couple. That's that's for sure. But um, you know, we love to hear. I can't wait to see the season. I can't wait until the season starts. Man, like it it's different it for me because this basketball over here, yeah, taught me patience. Yeah, I was gonna say what what is that like? Because what a lot of our listeners are from here too, and we always tell them that coach and I are really trying to, you know, we really even though there have been other entities here fifteen years or so, just they dropped the ball on a lot mm -hmm. of things, right? We can't fault them for what they didn't know, right. possibly. Um, or what they didn't have the resources to complete and share with the kids, but we're building from the ground up. So kind of like, what do you think the basketball landscape is now in Dubai and where it, what it has room for? Man, I, they have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and that's just me speaking, uh, personally being here, I played here for six weeks and then went home for a month and I've been here the last three. And just seeing how how different uh, the culture of basketball is here, there isn't one. Um, and I, I say it starts at the at the grassroots level, um, and in the homes, because the culture here itself is different. And especially for on the women's side of sports, it's like they don't really teach teach the girls to to go play sports. Like that's not first thing on their list of things to do um so that that's where it has to start but at the grassroots level here like you guys are doing y'all are training these kids in a way that'll make them make them better and it's not just in the aspect of basketball um it's learning like life lessons and understanding that uh when you sign up for something and you do something uh you stick with it yeah. um so I've seen the uh, things waver back and forth, uh, just being here, but it's taught me patience. It's taught me, uh, uh, understanding, uh, different cultures and how, how they approach, approach the game. One of my teammates here recently, maybe like last week, she was like, T, you can't let it get to you some stuff. And I was like, what you mean? She was like, you got to understand they don't play basketball for the same reasons we do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, what you mean? Like, I play basketball because I love it. And it's a means mm -hmm, for so me and my family. And she was like, exactly. She was like, they don't need that. Yeah. She was like, they don't need basketball. Yeah. She was like, a lot of these kids that come, they just do it just to get away from home. Yeah. Not because they need it. Not because uh, they need to make money. Not because they have a passion for it. Literally just to say, I don't want to sit in the house. Right. So I'm going to just go say I'm going to play basketball. They don't, they work regular jobs. Like they have regular jobs and then they come to practice when they come to practice. Yeah, crazy. So for me, it was different because even in other countries where I've played, you want to come to practice. Like right. that's not, it's not like a, uh, maybe I'll make it, maybe not. Like you're getting paid to do this, you're going to come. Here it's kind of like, uh, I'm doing it for fun. Mm. And because they don't have a lot of women playing, they know their spot is secured. So 
that's where the culture has to shift. You have to actually love the game because the game for us has brought us here. Like it's taken yeah. us places. So the mindset of sport has to change. Mm. It's not just uh, I'm doing it just because it's I'm doing it because I love it. I'm doing it because it can change my life. It can change my family's lives. So yeah. it's just a culture that has to be has to be taught. Um, and you guys are doing that. Yeah. OG, I think this is a perfect time for you too to kind of drop in some of that how the culture needs to be built or how you see it being built and kind of so I think some parents are going to see some kids going to see and what you'll be doing in the gym and what they'll see us do they kind of need to sometimes parents need to hear like this is what the end goal is that's why we're doing this in between well it it starts with you know you mentioned some of the uh, other academies that have been here for 13 14 years you have to approach this even if even as we're here running a business we have to approach this as this is what we love to do if we're going to approach it just as a business first we're going to leave a lot of kids left in the dust because we're not going to give them the full experience that we were able to enjoy growing up and you know, the, the number one thing that we always preach, uh, Tierra, is that, you know, you got to have fun doing this. Because once you have fun doing this, then you're going to start to build a passion for it. Then we're going to start to engage in a basketball culture in terms of you getting better to be to do something that you love to do. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and I think that that's been lost a little bit with some of the other academies. And we can only go by with other players and parents have told us. And, you know, just the fact that, you know, kids come in the gym at a certain time and you're going to coach them for an hour. It needs to be the best hour that they've had all day mm -hmm. because this is something that they're paying for that they want to do. And, you know, and even if they're 50 50 with it because their parents may want them to do it, you got to give them the opportunity to, to love it. Yeah. You know, and then if you go above and beyond, which a lot of coaches, won't do sometimes because they look at it as just a means of a salary, then that kid may not pick up on it. But if you go above and beyond like you're supposed to do as a coach, we talk about this all the time with the grassroots coaches. If you're a grassroots coach, yeah, you won't get paid a lot. You got to work harder and you got to love what you do. You got to deal with more. You, I mean, yeah, you have to deal with a lot. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to ultimately hurt the environment that you're coaching around. And so we're trying to change that by just making sure that, you know, the kids are they're working hard. We're we're trying to get them to love working hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, learning the game, you know, and then, you know, you talked about those life lessons earlier. That's going to come with it if you are doing what you're supposed to do as a coach. Yeah. All right. You know, and we all know that um, it it works like this in every in every career field. The people at the top work less than the people at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. But you got to work hard at the bottom to eventually get to the top. And then if you are who you were when you started, it'll trickle down to the new coaches coming in behind you and then you can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. What, what I've noticed is, um, as you said, they don't have to, they don't have the same reason for playing as we do. Mm -hmm. Right. But what happens is, is that a lot of coaches, what I see is they aren't creative in their approach, 
right? Well, I always say basketball is the greatest metaphor for life, right? Like there's literally every lesson that you can learn about life through the game somehow, some way, right? So granted, they don't have the same, you know, property sicken areas that we do, but they aren't as competitive. Yeah. Right? And they can't see it now, but later that'll push them to where maybe they aren't leading their family the way they need to be leading it because they don't have that extra push, that extra urge that they have to get. They got to be molded some way, yeah. right? So now we've learned, um, I learned this early, is that people who are specialists in things aren't always great teachers, mm -hmm. right? In college, you learn your professor, they didn't get, they don't have teaching degrees. Your college professor didn't learn how to teach you a concept and teach somebody who only learns visually, somebody who only learns through actually doing it. They don't know how to do any of those things right. or to try to teach that message through a different channel that they can relate to. So now you got a different generation of kids and a different culture of kids who don't need basketball. At least they don't think they do. So now you got to figure out like, okay, you don't need money, but you want to be good. You want to learn how to work at things. You want to feel that gratification of winning. Right. You want to do something you said you can't do because coach and I always say we have kids tell us, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I always say, if you say I can't, you're not going to have problems. People are going to Mars. You got kids helping build rockets. Okay. You can't dribble a basketball with your left hand. You're not putting the effort for it. Right. So now you kind of eliminate that barrier there. And now the kid looking at you like, OK. And they finally taste. You remember what what that first win was like? Yeah. Right. And now he's like, okay, I see what I'm working for. So now you teach somebody how to be a winner, right? So getting a little bit more creative with those spaces, you know. Yeah. So we working on it, but we got to get to a point where our coaches are doing better and our scouts are doing better at scouting talent. And this is not just a, it's more so like a college basketball thing, but. Coach and I, we talk hoops all the time, right? That's just the way. That's just the way it is. Since now I can talk back to him more than I could when I was in high school because it was just a one-sided convo. You know what I'm saying? This he is, he is Eddie Kane. You know what I'm saying? You hear him? But what? One-sided? One-sided. I couldn't. I couldn't say nothing. There was times, T. I lived in Fox Chase, right across the street from the court. Mm -hmm. Right? We just sit at the dumpster right there. Park his car, turn on the hazard lights, and I was like. Nice like this. I ain't going in the house for another hour and 30. <laughs> no, but it was love, though. I needed it. But we talked about John Morant. And, mm -hmm. and John Morant is one of my favorites, like, since Murray State, since we saw what he was doing there. And Coach always said the same thing. How did you miss John Morant, John Morant as a recruiter? And John was playing on the same AU team as Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Like, that shouldn't happen. If if John Morant was, if we heard a story about John Morant being um, a bad student academically, having trouble with the authorities or something like that, that'd be a little different. But we're talking about it. We haven't heard any of that. All we know is that he played with Zion Williamson and he just happened to get a scholarship offer because an assistant coach from Murray State heard somebody bouncing a basketball in the back back gym somewhere while he was going to concession stand. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. That's crazy. You can't play on a, an AAU team with Zion Williamson where he's the main attraction in the United States and you're doing some amazing things yourself and nobody offers you a scholarship. No one's talking about you. 
Somebody should be fired. Where I agree. You said it earlier. Fire. You watching Zion catch lobs, and then you watching Zion throw lobs to a guard (laughs) that's flying through the air, and you didn't think like, "Mm, I need him. Right. Yeah. We we don't even hear. We haven't even heard of him having mid major offers. Mm -hmm. None of that. That's there's no. Fire, fire. That's real. (laughs) You talk about, (laughs) you had a funny story. Uh, You talked about Chaney, rest in peace to John Chaney. (laughs) You said somebody had a legendary slip up at Temple while you were there. Yeah, somebody... Somebody missed out on Tim Duncan for sure. <laughs> Tim Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna say any names. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna slander this person because they'll come back to, you know, assassinate my character. Um let's just say Tim Duncan was uh designated a swimmer <laughs> only. And, you know, he turned out to be one of the top players in college basketball history and one of the all-time greats in the NBA. Man. So somebody was Almost fired. Listen, for sure. I know <laughs> Chaney was going crazy off that. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, and I, T, I, I know you see it too. Like, by the time you get to the pros, though, you 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 don't have your resume that's going to guard you anymore. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. Right? It ain't no more, I, I was this and that before. But, like, how many times have you heard so-and-so coming in and you seen so-and-so and you'd be like, yo, this is who you brought here? I've seen it at, at, at a lot of levels. It's like now more than ever because it's the social media era and everybody's putting up <laughs> highlight tapes and whoever got the most followers and likes. Mm. And then you see them and it's like. What's that? Yeah. Are they are they really all that? So. You're saying social media is pushing these people. I I believe so. Um, Not saying everybody can't hope, um, but I've seen a lot. I've seen a few players that have been highly touted because of social media. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to that next level, you're like, where was all Mm -hmm. that I've seen on social media? Like, that ain't the same player. it's hurting so the game. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I was gonna finish up with today in terms of like people watching just highlights of people. And we don't get a chance to see the lowlights yeah. or just the average game. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's so some people get a misconception of how good somebody really is. Yeah. We all have highlights. Oh yeah. You know, if you if you have enough time to sit through and do a lot of editing, everybody looks great sometimes. Yep. Even Ethan, you right. know? No, nah, that's a <laughs> lie. Oh, my bad. That's right. a lie. Look, where my <laughs> But listen though, what what I also think on the other side of that, um, there's two things, right? When you talk about uh Murray State finally getting job, I think back to when Trey Young was at Oklahoma mm-hmm. and um Kyler Perry, I think they had just played Oklahoma or Trey had a crazy game when he had put up a forty two piece or something like that. And then it came out that Kentucky was one of his offers, but he decided not to go to Kentucky. And part of that reason was because Kyle told him he wasn't going to give him a green light like that. Mm. Like, Trey, you're not going to be able to come here and, and do that. Now, let's think about he, he, Kentucky puts out great pros, right? And you're going to come there with five other pros. So you're going to have to, you know, take a role. But 
not every coach, as OG always says, adapts to what is coming in. So you know Trey Young coming in, he play a certain way. You got to give him, you got to give him the leeway to do what he need to do because it's just different, right? Ja, the way Ja was playing, do we know? Where, that another coach at a, a higher school will let him do that since he didn't come in with that McDonald's All-American Jordan Capital classic thing because I just saw the highlights from his first game against uh, Marquette in the first round attorney where he had like a triple-double mm -hmm. 17 and 16 assistants but, but, but the question is why wasn't he a top rated recruit? Yeah. You, you Listen. Highlights. You know <laughs> you played on Boo Williams team. Yeah. You know if you're on that team Yeah. You was doing damage somewhere. So this you're playing on a team with yeah. Zion Williamson. This wasn't Zion Williamson's dad's team or anything like that. This was a, a good team. And we all saw the highlight. Right. Zion so, was on ESPN. Mm -hmm. So why was yeah. he top-ranked recruit? Mm. You know, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the game kind of kind of being hindered a little bit because of highlights. I think trainers are training for highlights. Sure. Right, mm. you you think about we look at it all the time, right? When well, we do, we watch videos where they might be doing six or seven dribbles in one spot before they make the other one. Like you did two counters at the top of the key before you <laughs> even got to the elbow, right? And we're looking at it, King is like, yo, like what is this dude doing? Why is he training that? And then we'll get a kid, and we're just trying to teach him how to come off a pin down and catch it. <laughs> and just get their feet right so they can face the basket on the wing and they can't do it. And we're like, you know, you, you aren't going to get more than three dribbles in half court situation right, right. unless you're top five in unless, the world. Right. Unless right. you're that guy. Yeah. That, that's like that woman, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. And not only do we talk about how many dribbles they take, we're talking about the space they cover. Mm. Like where are the other eight players? Right. 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 <laughs> you doing, you dragging your defender left and right. Six feet over here, six feet over here. Where are the LA players? Yeah. We're, you don't have time and space for that. And we can't keep showing this to our average players who are trying to find themselves and develop their game. That's a misconception of how it's actually done. Yes, completely. And then, I, you know, I saw, you know, our old interview clips from Kobe. And I saw, um, you know, I think Ray Allen was interviewed on one ESPN show. Um, and Kobe just talked about the foundation that he built on his game, right? And it was always was like he knew his his first move, his strongest move was going to his right and pulling up, right? But he also knew that, you know, I had counters going there. I can shoot at the elbow. I can get all the way to my right there. Or the next time I can get here, pump fake up or under. Or I got a whole menu of things I can do mm. based off that one move right there. And that's just in the mid-range spot, right? And then we talk about... Ray Allen, greatest three-pointer shooter ever until um, Steph retires, right? They'll say that. And he talked about the game. is hard for him to watch. They said Ray Allen averaged 5.2 three-point attempts per game. Mm -hmm. That was Ray Allen when he was playing. He said now there's three or four or five guys on one team averaging that same type of attempt. He said it's hard to watch the game because there's no real ebbs and flow of it. Like you're yeah. not always going to be able to shoot a three. It's like the mid-range game. It's obsolete almost. Like you're taking it out of the game and you're not giving it the attention it needs, right? And part of it is because they're not training for that. You know, I played for a coach in college who told us at one point, you got to do all three-pointers or dunks and layups. And I was like, and I was the only one who didn't do it. I was like, yo, that's not my game. If I do that, I'm not going to be as effective. 
Like I don't shoot threes well unless I got a rhythm going. Because mm-hmm. I used to get cursed out if I shot the three first part of the game. Because I nah, go get a touch in the paint, catch your rhythm, right? Build up level one in the paint, level two mid range, level three come back here. But nobody trains like that no more, right? Yep. All coaches that way. Oh, that's that's the way basketball is going. Is is threes and dunks, and they, I've heard that too. Even in the league, it's like. Cause I'm a mid-range player. Like I played the game in the mid-range space. Like I've always been that way since I was in high school. Um, I know if I get to that elbow area, free throw line area, that was money for me. Um, but as my career is gone, it's become you got to be able to knock down the three, and you got to be able to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mid-range game, they're like that's a low percentage shot. Mm-hmm. That's what it's become. Like. And in in all uh, levels of basketball, they're saying that like the mid range game has become a lower percentage shot than a three. And that that's still not facts, right? No, it's that's not, still not facts. But it's less people shooting them, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's the percentage is it's harder to, to to sustain when only a few players are shooting mid range shots or getting to that mid range game, and a million people are shooting threes. You got center shooting threes. Now. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, 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 it's where the game is gone, but I think it'll come back. It uh, has to, right? I think it'll come back. And I think it may not be like a dominant big man like before. Um, but I think that mid range game, it has to come back because it's no like contrast between like a layup, like mm-hmm. at some point, like you're going to have to shoot a mid range game. You're not going to be able to get all the way to the room. You're not going to be able to shoot a three. So mm-hmm. if you're not working on that mid range and, and figuring out how to operate in that space, yeah. um, like it's going to be hard to, to, yeah. to play the game. Cause I'm not letting you just get all the way to the basket. Right. Right. Like right. you talk about, I'm not letting you dribble that many times on the court. There are rules to this game, right? You stay on this side of the corner for five seconds doing all those moves. It's a turnover. It's a turnover. <laughs> right? Like, we're not letting you get there. So, no. if you come around us, we're going to teach you the mid-range game. It's going to be – you're going to be dominating the elbows. And you're going to be dominating the short corner because when the team switches up and they go zone, you got to get to the short corner. <laughs> and you got to get to the middle. You got to get to the middle. You got to make a decision right there in the mid-range, right? Or even if they're doing any match-up zones or anything. So, you know, even though people are trying to get that out of there, you come to the right ones, we're going to get it right. Yeah. And if you say, if you say today's players are bigger, faster, stronger, and more skilled, you want that in your game anyway, wouldn't you? For sure. That's that's the third pe- That's the third element of your game. You know, you got long-range sure. bombs. You got all, getting all these to the basket in the mid-range. Mm-hmm. So that if you got all three aspects of it, you can't be – it's hard for you, someone to stop you. Right. So why wouldn't you want to teach that? That's- why is Chris Paul great, OG? Oh, mid-range all <laughs> he, day long. I think he lead the league in fourth quarter points, right? Yeah, and that's and that's the balance that he got when he coming off the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. You can't come too tight because he's going to drop it off, right? If you're going to keep backing up, he's going to have it on your heels, so he's just going to pull up right there. Or you know him, he'll keep his dribble, go under the basket, come back <laughs> to the corner, and his short corner, and he got the pull up, right? That's still there. The league's best scores in the last 10 years has still been mid-range dominant except for um, Steph and James Harden. Yeah. And James Harden can change that if he wants to. Yeah. Well, James Harden is, like, he can, he scores anywhere. In, anyway. So, it, so yeah. he, we don't even put him in the comment. We just say Steph. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. So we'll see how that changes because it's gonna happen. But um, man, it's a it's a good episode. It feels good. Um, but before we go, you know, OG always talked about he likes to, um, you know, he likes to give his praise to people when they're here, right? You know how they say you like to give people their flowers, right? So we gonna make sure while everyone's here and while they all see us that we give Tierra Pratt her Tierra Ruff and Pratt her flowers for being not only <laughs> a legend but an inspiration to young women everywhere and and, and for doubling back <laughs> coming back to the crib. Yes. Like I, I had it like so T. Thank you for being T. Thank you for being great. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, your birthday coming up at 30, 30, we won't see you. So happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. yeah I know. looking out for sure uh, since I've been here. Yeah. You guys have been great. No, we, we locked in, man. You can't get rid of us now. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm, not I'm trying to be back here with y'all. Yeah, we're going we gonna to get it right. So, you know. The way we wrap up each episode, we do what we call a post-game wrap-up. You know how it is. After the game, in the locker room, win or loss, coach wraps it up, leaves you with your one thing that you got to remember going into the next thing. So, um, you know, coach always leads us off, and then I'll go and we'll let you finish it today. Okay. All right. So, Coach, what you got for us? Um, let's talk about the, you know, the highlights and lowlights. You know, a lot of players nowadays that – aspire to be good basketball players look at a lot of youtube videos instagram videos and things like that and they see only the highlights of these great players these so-called great players but if you really really want to work on your game watch an entire basketball game because if it's a great player you want to see what he or she does good and what they he or she does bad and you want to try to emulate that in terms of how they recover from the bad mistakes that they make during a game. Because trust me, everybody in the world that plays basketball has highlights. Okay, that's only editing. But you know, if you're a true fan of the game, you're a tr you have true passion for the game, you wanna make sure you're able to play an entire game and work through the bad times, just as well as the good times, and be a complete basketball player. That's from from, Ed, that. from Eddie Kane himself. I hate that. What you hate? I hate that. I hate that. Nice I, I'm, I'm happy that we. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that we moved up. But like the Jeffersons, now we moved up. You know what I'm saying? Raindrops you know, will fall. But I hate that. I hate that Yates has these new toys. Come on, nice like this. That's Eddie Kane himself, y'all. Shout out to Jupac. Uh, for me, um, be firm about your choices. Um, when you decide to move forward and progress and it's time for you to cut out those bad habits, you know, separate yourself from those situations that that aren't going to lead you into the right path or whatever goal you set out to be. Always remind yourself that you're trying to move forward, not backwards. So be firm in your choices. Understand the line is not straight. However you get there, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be just A to point B with no problem. Right. We've seen that in so many different places. So be firm in your choices, um, you know, stick with those good habits, be consistent with that and and be creative, be creative. Have fun with that. So that's the, my wrap up for the day. Uh, I agree with 
both of you guys and what you said. I think uh, my one thing would be um, always bet on yourself. Um, it doesn't matter uh, where you are in life, uh, what path you've chosen. Um, if you don't believe in you, nobody else will. Talk about it. So, yeah, fire, man. So we're gonna let y'all fade out. Bridging the gap podcast episode nineteen here with the goat. She fit the description. Tierra from Pratt, my OG Julian King. Um, shout out to. Oh, I'm looking at. I'm looking at the screen too, guys. My fault for everybody back home. Shout out to Lighthouse Studio in Dubai. Um, Collective, our video team. You guys are amazing. Thank you for dealing with me. You know, live here from Dubai. <laughs> Remember, tap in Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB. We're here. Foundation. Yes, T, let the people know. Oh, Wait. TRP Foundation. Uh, it's the website, trpfoundation.com. Uh, we have some stuff uh, in the works coming up back home. So Shout out to you, T. All right, guys. We out of here. Thank you again.